Let me tell you about American Financing, our sponsor. Uh, the uh, It is an, an absolute fact that it is going to be harder and harder for you to get a loan. Now, it won't be harder for some people to get a loan. You know, if you're if you're a protected class, if you're, uh, you know, participating in ESG, that's going to be great. You're going to, oh, my gosh, they'll bend over backwards to help you. However, if you believe in things like the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and uh, that uh, all of this central planning that they're now doing is uh, un-American, it's going to get harder and harder for you to get a loan. Now, you can get a loan. You can still get it in the low twos or, or mid threes. Please call American Financing. Call them right now. Refi, uh, do a consolidation loan. Find out the way you can save hundreds, if not $1,000 every month. American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Yesterday, the president of the United States had the balls to stand in uh, in the Constitution Center that is built to uh, glorify our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and the Founding Fathers. He brought all of his Democratic and, Mar- uh, and Marxist friends up there to talk about something that is unconstitutional, and that is to federalize our voting standards. It's It's in the Constitution. It must remain local. Local. Now, he says this is the worst thing ever. This is Jim Crow on steroids. Really? Oh, I have a little history lesson in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Anne, she lives in Oklahoma. She wrote a while back to talk about her experience with Relief Factor. She said, it has changed my life. And that's the only thing I can say. I've been exercising for years. My shoulder is in bad, bad shape. It was swelling. It hurt. It would go numb during the night. I heard about Relief Factor, Glenn, on your show. And I've been listening to testimonies for about a couple of years now. I decided I'm going to order it because I needed the help. I was sitting uh sitting up for five years to sleep i had to sleep sitting up how many people sleep in a chair or sleep in uncomfortable ways because of the pain she said now i feel uh, that i can sleep uh, flat on my back now that's where i am no trouble at all because the pain is gone thank you so much for telling me about relief factor and you are more than welcome Get out of pain. Get your life back. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. It's Relief Factor, 800-583-84. And now, letters from the battlefront. My gosh, these. What's happening right now in America? 
is we are seeing brave, brave people stand up. I mean, brave people. People like James Tallarico. He's a Democrat from Texas. He was one of the brave people that got onto that private jet and flew away from the great state of Texas. He said in his letter from the battlefront, we just landed in Memphis on our way to DC. Thank y'all for well wishes. Yes, we left behind our families, our livelihoods, our beloved Texas. But our sacrifice is nothing compared to the sacrifices brave Americans have made throughout history to protect the sacred right to vote. James Tallarico, brave American. Wow, I've got more of these letters from the battlefront coming up. And, um, oh, and we have a lot more <laughs> on Texas Democrats yeah. on today's program. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going ready? to go insane. Yeah, okay, good. We have that and so much more on uh, today's program. Um, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, Joe Biden saying, this is the worst thing since the Civil War. Everything is the worst. Have you noticed that? It's never the best. When we had Trump in, it's like the best in history. Now, everything is the worst in history. The, the January 6th, it's never been like this. We've never had attacks on the Capitol like this. Well, except for the bomb exploding in the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., uh, that caused an estimated $300,000 in damage. A group calling itself the Weather Underground claimed credit for the bombing, which was done in protest of the ongoing U.S.-supported Laos invasion. Oh, how many of us remember the Laos invasion and how important that was. The so-called weathermen were a radical faction of the Students for Democratic Society. The weathermen advocated violent means to transform American society. The philosophical foundations of the weathermen were Marxist in nature. They believed that a militant struggle was the key to striking out against the state to build a revolutionary consciousness among the young, particularly the white working class. Their primary tool to achieving these ends were arson and bombing. By the way, they also bombed the Long Island uh, Courthouse, the New York Police Department headquarters, the Pentagon and the State Department. Uh, don't worry. Uh, don't worry. That was happening in the 80s. Uh, but uh, who can even remember that far back? I, I mean, no, I mean, I know I can't. I, it's it's the worst since the Civil War. And let me tell you, something. by the way, uh, Somebody else went into the Capitol and, and burned it down. It was called the War of 1812. Uh, so I just want to let you know that. When did that happen? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I don't have the dates okay. exactly, mm -hmm. but uh, look it up. It's somewhere in the War of 1812. Um, <clears throat> let, me also, uh, let me also just give you, a, a, you know, a, a, another, another time that we had real violence uh, in Washington, D.C., and that is when uh, Preston Brooks, you probably don't remember him. I, I looked him up today. I just wanted to make sure. I had a hard time finding out what party he belonged to. But he was, a, he was an American politician and a member of the U.S. US House of Representatives. He came from South Carolina, uh, and he was a strong advocate of slavery and state rights. 
Uh, so I just assumed. I later found out, yeah, he was a Democrat. I, total surprise to me. Total surprise. An outlier back then. Uh, but he was an advocate of slavery and state rights. He's remembered for his 1856 attack uh, on the abolitionist, the guy who was trying to stand up against slavery, and Republican Senator Charles Sumner. Uh, nearly beat him to death. I don't need to go on to that story. I've told you that story a million times, but it is that story that led him uh, and led us into the election of 1860 with Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War. Now, after the Civil War, a few black people were elected to Congress. In fact, the first black man, uh, Hiram Rhodes, uh, revels. Uh, He arrived in the Capitol to take his seat as the first black member of the U.S. Congress in 1870. Uh, But the the Democrats tried to block him from taking his seat. Uh, And they said, you know, Constitution requires senators to hold the citizenship for at least nine years. And he just became a citizen in 1866 with a Civil Rights Act and uh, 14th Amendment. Before that, I mean, he wasn't a citizen. He wasn't even a human. You know what I'm saying? That was the argument the Democrats made to try to stop the first black man ever elected to Congress. Now, it didn't go well, and uh, there were a lot of black people that were elected. Um, just, I mean, just want to give a little history lesson here. A lot of black people were elected. Um, this is a poster uh that was out uh in the south it says what happened when the republican party was in power in alabama the above is a photograph of the alabama legislature of 1872 when the republican party was in power of alabama the negroes in the above picture were members of the legislature i like the last one if you believe in white supremacy vote the straight democratic ticket on november 6th hmm yeah it's weird. Yeah. Now, I'm going someplace. Oh, my gosh. They've changed since then. Have they? Have they? Have they? Uh, so this is, a, this is a poster for the Democrats. Um, and Joe Biden was going on and on and on and on and on and on about how this is Jim Crow on steroids. So, you know, um, what the Republicans are uh, standing for is in many ways more opportunity to vote than anyone ever has had legally in the United States. Um, Just not all the crazy crap that they said, oh, we're just doing this because of COVID. Yeah, that's what they're standing against. All right, but that is Jim Crow on steroids. Mr. President, um, I think you need an education on what Jim Crow was, what the Jim Crow laws did. You see, before Jim Crow laws were enacted in the South, blacks were being elected. Then what happened uh, was there was this shortage of black people in, the, in Congress. It was so weird. It was weird. In fact, George White uh, had been the only African-American member of Congress since Reconstruction, when he delivered this address. And I want you to hear what he said. This is his farewell address uh, from Congress. Now, Reconstruction happened. Everybody 
blacks are populating all of the state legislators legislatures um they're in congress they're in the senate and then after reconstruction and the democrats take over they start little games here's let me just say i want to enter a plea for the colored man the colored woman the colored boy and the colored girl of this country this is a direct quote from the farewell address of george white I would thus not digress from the question at issue and detain the House in a discussion of interest of this particular people at this time, but for the constant and persistent efforts of certain gentlemen upon this floor to mold and rivet, rivet public sentiment against us as a people and to lose no opportunity to hold up the unfortunate few who commit crimes and depredations and lead lives of infamy and shame as other races do as fair specimens of the representatives of the entire colored race so what is he saying here he's saying uh how dare you some members of congress are actually holding up a few crazies and a few people who have done wrong and and done things illegally and said that's the entire race so that was what the democrats were doing now they're not doing anything like that right now are they they're not taking a few people who have broken the law or done things and then said, that's the entire race. They haven't done that, have they? They're completely different. They've completely changed. In the catalog of members of Congress in this House, perhaps none have been more persistent in their determination to bring the black man into disrepute and with labored effort to show that he was unworthy of the right of citizenship than my colleague from, what a surprise, North Carolina. During the first session of this Congress, while the constitutional amendment was pending in North Carolina, he labored long and hard to show that the white race was at all times and in all circumstances superior to the Negro by inheritance, if not otherwise. And the excuse for his party supporting that amendment, which has since been adopted. So let me let me just let me just say this. Um, in the town where this young gentleman was born, the general election last August for the adoption of the constitutional amendment and the general election for the state and county officers, Scotland Neck had a registered white vote of 395, most of whom, of course, were Democrats and a registered color vote of four of 534, virtually, if not all whom were Republicans. And they voted when the count was announced. However, there were 831 Democrats to 75 Republicans. But in the town of Halifax, the same county, the result was much more pronounced in that town. The registered Republican vote was only 345 and the total registered vote of the township was 539. But when the count was announced, it stood 990 Democrats to 41 Republicans. Isn't that weird? Have things changed? Have the Democrats changed? By the way, I want to it's very I want to be very clear. What Jim Crow Act did was take anyone who was black and make it impossible for them to win in an election in the South. Um, and they did little things first. This is these are uh, receipts. If you happen to be watching the blaze, these are receipts. Uh, from a poll tax. This is uh, 1932, 1931, 1930 receipts for a poll tax. So you had to you had to pay to be able to vote. Uh, that, of course, is unconstitutional. Uh, that was the Democratic Party that did that. Uh, and then you have 
this. This is the election ballot for the town of Geneva in Alabama in 1932. Uh, And this was really great because blacks could vote. We're not saying blacks can't vote. What are you talking about? Of course they can. Except this ballot is the official primary election, the Democratic white primary. Only whites could participate in the primary. And you know all those Democrats. They love them some black people. And so there never seemed to be a black person on the ballot in the primary. But go ahead and vote for whoever you want. You know, in the general, you can do that. All of these were ruled unconstitutional. That is Jim Crow. That's what Jim Crow did. That's why we had this amazing explosion of people who were slaves and then educated themselves enough to be more well-educated, more well-spoken than I or anybody. I mean, that's easy. But anybody else, anybody that you know, go try to read some of their speeches. They educated themselves. They brought themselves up. And who stopped it? It was the Democratic Party. Now, the Democratic Party, they changed. They changed. Oh, I want to talk to you about that change. Because there are things going on that uh, African Americans need to wake up to. You're being lied to over and over and over again. And you're falling for the same trap. And so are many Americans that are not black. Wake up. Wake up. More in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about the Giza Dream Sheets from MyPillow. They are delicious. I mean, I haven't eaten them yet, but uh, don't put it past me. I mean, I have some pretty wild dreams. You know what I'm saying? I mean, about food, and I could see. Oh, I've got to eat. Anyway, um, MyPillow right now has uh, a uh, special going on with the Dream Sheets. Uh, If you've never slept on Giza cotton, it is the best, and I don't know how they keep these sheets so cheap. They are so inexpensive. I mean, you get good, good sheets and people are like, I got some good sheets for my wedding present. I can I can get you two pairs of sheets right now for like, I think it's like about 70 bucks. I get, you know, I buy one, I get another set free. I mean, that sounds good to me. And they're fantastic. Really fantastic. Softest cotton in the world. Durable. Cool. Most important part. Uh, they uh, they get softer every time you use them and wash them. MyPillow has the two-for-one low price offer on the Giza Dream Sheets right now. Check it out. Radio listener specials, that's what you click on when you go to MyPillow.com. Check out the two-for-one low price on the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll find deep discounts on other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. Get the great radio specials, 800-966-3117 or MyPillow.com promo code BECK. Ten seconds station id oh my goodness Mm. so lyndon b johnson who was just a great guy just a great guy gutted the 57 uh um civil rights act you know, made sure that it didn't have any voting restrictions. It made sure that nothing was happening with voting because he said in 1957, uh, this is unconstitutional. You can't tell local communities what to do. 
That was the Democratic argument at the time. See, they've played both sides. You can't do that. That's not what the Republicans were suggesting. They were just suggesting that we, I don't know, keep up with the Bill of Rights and the amendments to the Constitution, that you can't block anyone from voting who is a American citizen and registered to vote. But then he had a change of heart. He had a change of heart. Now, the press, uh, the press goes on to say that Lyndon B. Johnson only said these things because he was trying to get his southern brethren on. But he had a change of heart. Remember, he's one of the most racist guys and absolutely against. I mean, he told his his um, his driver at one point, he said, I, you know, sir, I'd, I'd prefer if you call me by my name, not the N word or boy. And he said, I'm paraphrasing here, you're an N word and you'll always be an N word. So just do your damn job. The paraphrasing part of that is you saying N-word instead of yeah, the actual N-word. Uh, so right before the Civil Rights Act, when he was negotiating uh, for the Civil Rights Act, he said, you know, and I'm quoting Lyndon Johnson. These Negroes are getting pretty uppity these days, and that's a problem for us since they've got something now that they never had before. The political pull to go back up to their uppitiness. Now we got to do something about this. We got to give them a little something, just enough to quiet them down, but not enough to make a difference. For if we don't move at all, then their allies will line up against us and there'll be no way of stopping them. We'll lose the filibuster and then there's no way of putting the brake on all sorts of wild legislation. It'll be reconstruction all over again. That's when it was the most free for blacks. This is his this is how he was convincing people. Hmm, okay. Now, what happened with the Civil Rights Act? What happened with the Great Society? The black population were put into chains. The Great Society has harmed the black community and the black family more than anything else. Now, let's see. What are the Democrats doing now? Because they've had a change of heart. Oh, you know what? They're the ones that just like during the time of the Klan are arguing that black people shouldn't be able to own guns in inner cities to be able to protect themselves. Oh, they're also saying, uh, you know, defund the police. Who is that harming? Who is that harming most? Not harming my community, but it sure is harming the black communities. Uh, BLM, the riots, did that help or hurt the black man? America, wake up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Norman's a regular listener of the program. He wrote in a short while ago to talk about the experience he had when he refinanced his mortgage with American Financing. He said, I was really nervous to start the process. It was my first refi, and I thought it was going to be a miserable experience to get everything I needed together and to get it submitted. But Tony at American Financing assured me that everything would go smoothly, and he and his team actually made it a pleasant experience. They required a lot less than I expected, and it took a lot less time than expected. I just want to thank Tony, Kelsey, Katie, and Kenya. Thank you, and thanks, Glenn, for the referral. Norman, I am more than happy to have introduced you to American Financing. I am glad that you have your finances under control. I hope you're saving lots and lots of money. 
It's American Financing. They work for you. When you call them, you're calling a family-owned and operated financial institution that's in it for you, not for the banks. So if anybody can help you save hundreds, if not $1,000 a month, it's American Financing. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. There are rumors of up to three chalkboards tonight on Glenn TV. Oh, yeah. You don't want to miss it. Yeah. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Four. Really? Yeah. The promo code is Glenn. I tell you all the time that you need to do your own homework. Don't believe me or anything else other than an original source. You need context. You need clarity. Uh, and you need all of the information tonight on Blaze TV. Uh, there is rumors of more than one chalkboard. I hear all the time. I love your chalkboard. When's the chalkboard coming back? Oh, well, tonight it's coming back and it's coming back in a big way because there's a little story that we need to tell. Who were the people and the groups involved with coronavirus research? What really went down before and after the pandemic began? This story is, in its first part, negligence, and then a tale of cover-up. First, the negligence. The elites of the world, the people calling themselves the experts, the scientists that trusted, uh, that trusted the Chinese Communist Party with one of the most dangerous weapons we can imagine, a virus. They trusted them. We won't be assigning guilt. We just want you to know what's going on, who was involved and when. Because if proof of a lab leak does come out, I think everyone, everyone that was involved should be a name that you know. Whether they're Chinese, American, Republican or Democrat. Anyone that was involved. Second, the cover up. Currently an attempt to control the narrative to direct the story. Everyone from big tech, the media, the Chinese, even our own government have been involved. What lies behind the cover up? Because that could reveal the dirty secret in order to cut corners. The academic elites and government entrusted Chinese and the Communist Party with uh, a civilian and civilization killing virus tonight, 9 p.m. Do not miss it. Oh, the cover-up, I think, still continues. I'm sure I'm not allowed to even ask or draw these conclusions. Uh, no matter what I say before, I'm sure it won't be on, the, uh, on YouTube or any place else. You can find it on a place where we believe in free speech. Blaze TV, 9 p.m. Eastern, deadly negligence, exposing the real origins and cover-up of the COVID-19 pandemic, 9 p.m. tonight, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save. Don't miss it. We will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome someday. Oh, they are so good at that. Oh, these are the, these are the Democrats from... From the great state of Texas, who were singing in front of the U.S. Capitol for some strange reason. And we are a state in crisis right now. Oh, crisis. A state without Democrats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, listen. For all the other 49 states, here's all you have to do. <laughs> we can get rid of your Democrats. It's not that hard. They'll take a private plane out of your state. It's great. It is. It really is. I think... 
people outside of the state, though, might need a little review of history mm-hmm. as to what led to this moment, mm. this terrible well, crisis. Uh, Jim Crow moment. laws. Jim Crow 2.0? Yeah, Jim Crow Well, it 2.0. starts before that. First, uh, Republicans got elected mm-hmm. uh, through a Democratic process as part of a constitutional uh, republic. Yeah. So those Democrats uh, didn't get elected. The Republicans got elected. The Democrats didn't like it so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then Republicans took office and they decided to pass a bill on election reform mm-hmm. to secure elections. Mm-hmm. Democrats didn't like that either. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important to note that the bill that they're upset about doesn't do any of the things that they say it does. That can't be true, Stu. It is, it is true. To review here just a little bit, 2018, we had elections here in Texas. Mm. A couple of years later, there was more elections. Those elections, however, occurred during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And election rules all over the country, you may have remembered, changed a little bit because we weren't sure what phase of the pandemic we would be in what may not even be able to go out and vote may exactly. not be able to, right that was the, that was the reason we did all of these things remember go back to picture the worst days in the worst places of the pandemic right mm-hmm. go back to um april 2020 mm-hmm. new york city okay if that's the situation in your state People aren't going to be going out to vote. Correct. And you might have an election with 12% turnout. All right, but get to the so Jim Crow part. Let's make sure that these these laws are open for people at the pandemic. It's a one-time thing. One time. We just needed this one time. Right. We're not going to have a pandemic in 2022. We just needed it in 2020. Sure. Open up the laws, right. and then we'll go back to normal. Got it. The second the election ended, the media... And the left decided to act as if the plan the entire time was to keep all of the pandemic voting rules the same. What a surprise. It's a stunning, shocking thing. At no point did anyone actually say this before the election. No one said it wasn't a one-time thing before the election. Only after the election did they say all of these rules must stay or it's Jim Crow 2.0. Now... Obviously, this is a ridiculous standard. For example, in Georgia, one of the controversial laws, they slimmed the early voting period from 45 days to 21 days. Now, the the excuse here, of course, by these evil politicians was to say that it the cost and the burden on local communities was incredibly high to keep... If you're in a small town and you have to keep uh, early voting open for 45 days, you might not have enough people coming. Who's coming 45 days early? It's a big cost. Now, obviously, if Republicans supported a bill like that, that trimmed it from 45 to 21 days, there would be outrage all across America. The problem here is that this bill actually passed in 2011 and was supported by Stacey freaking Abrams. Stacey Abrams. <laughs> Stacey freaking Abrams. Hold on just a second. We have some breaking news. Another letter from the battlefront. James Talrico. He's written another letter from the battlefront. He says, we Texas Democrats are prepared to stay out of Texas for the rest of the session. This decision wasn't easy. Many of my colleagues left kids, elderly parents, sick loved ones. 
Many are risking their day jobs and their seats in the house. But we just will not sit by and watch our democracy wither on the vine. James Tallarico, proud Texan, and a man of courage. So brave. Oh my gosh. So, so brave. brave. So, so brave. brave. So brave. Come back and vote on the bill, by the way, and then get out again. Yeah. Just in case any of these Democrats are looking for a plan. So, the truth is, of course, Glenn. Yeah. In reality, these bills all across the country have expanded voter access from 2018. No, that can't be. It is. I get all of my news from Coca-Cola, and yeah. that cannot be. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, high fructose corn syrup, not necessarily good for you. And really? these voting laws, not necessarily bad uh. for you. So if you, if you uh, look at 2018 to 2022, you're going to see a, a massive expansion all over the country in voting access, making it easier for you to vote. And the truth also is that some of these pandemic measures were really bad ideas. For example, 24-7 voting. For example, unattended voter boxes. For example, letting party operatives from either party collect votes en masse and deliver them themselves to uh, the jurisdiction and the precinct so they can be counted. I don't know, maybe putting a hardcore activist in, in possession of dozens of votes at a time, not a good idea. Well, wait a minute. I just heard the president said in Texas, for example, Republican-led state legislature wants to allow partisan poll watchers to intimidate voters and imperil impartial poll workers. Mm. Wow, that's got it. That's specific language. Mm. They want voters to drive further and to be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them or intimidating them and to wait longer to vote. They're going to have to drive a hell of a lot. Excuse me. They're going to have to drive a long way just to get to vote. Oh, well, I'm glad he caught his language. There. Yeah, that was I was too. on the yeah. I was on the line there. So after the Democrats lie about these bills and they realize they're going to lose, they just left. First, they just left the uh, the building during the vote and then they flayed the state uh, because of that. Now, Abbott has threatened their arrest if they return. And, you know, that sounds extreme. It sounds like partisanship. But here's the thing, Glenn. These people are getting paid. They're getting paid with my money. With your money, with Sarah's money, with everybody here in the studio's money, they're getting paid to do nothing. If I dropped my dry cleaning off and they returned it in a crumpled mess with a ketchup stain still on it and charged me anyway, that would be a crime. And here we are with people getting paid to do nothing. That to me is a crime. And by the way, of course, that... Uh, that remedy is already in the process here. If you don't show up to do your job, you can be arrested in the state of Texas. It's not only that we're paying them. Mm. It's we are paying everyone in the state legislature yep. and they can't, can't do, do anything. anything. This is theft without a quorum. This is theft is what it is. So here we are looking at all of this in Texas and it's just an isolated incident, Glenn. It's just, they just happen to be upset about this. They're just standing up for their rights. They're just doing what they can. No, By the what, way, what, what? It, this, this is a total coincidence. And do not in any way 
act as if this could have been coordinated in advance. But on the day where this wonderful flight went up to D.C. and they decided to meet with lawmakers because this just happened to be when they had to do it. On that same time, an organized, coordinated push for HR1 was Mm, going on, where the president of the United States is out there talking about this specific issue. What are the odds? Uh, Well, he did say this, and I'd I'd like to hear your excuse for this one. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, this year alone, 17 states have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted 28 new laws Mm. to make it harder for Americans to vote. Not to mention, and catch this, nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of the state legislature are trying to pass and by the way uh the same measure found that 28 bills also were passed to loosen restrictions on voting so make it easier for people to vote he didn't mention the same study that said the same amount of laws were passed the other way but of course we're also talking about a change from 2020 where we again were told there was a one-time exception, which is why we needed all these crazy new laws like mailing ballots to everyone, whether they request them or not. All of those things went on. I can't. So, I, excuse me. Uh, can I just talk about another? Oh, well. Let me just mention here. Yes, there is another letter that has just twittered in from the battlefront. And... I don't care what Stu says, but this one comes with a picture. Oh. It's a picture of a Coke Zero. Yeah, no sugar. No sugar. A Coke Zero. Mm. And a Caesar salad that looks actually kind of yummy, and I'm not a salad guy. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's, good topic it's for a letter a from Gene Wu. Oh, wow. Gene for Texas. Mm. My first meal. As a fugitive. Oh my gosh. Yes! Yes! On the private plane, he had to eat a Caesar salad and a Coke Zero with no sugar! So brave! So brave! So very brave! Legislature, the Democrats from the great state of Texas. All right, let me tell you about Raycon. Nothing more frustrating than a pair of wireless earbuds that don't live up to the most basic standards. You, I can't tell you what you've just missed. If you're listening to the podcast and you're wearing earbuds, uh, then you heard it. You heard the stereo. You heard, I mean, you felt the drama of that music pounding in your ears. Don't expect anything less than the kind of perfection you get with wireless earbuds from Raycon. Don't the Apple AirPods. Oh, they're fantastic. I just love them. Uh, It looks like you're wearing a, a, for some reason, a a pair of small mini golf clubs in your ear. I I don't know why, but hey, keep rocking. You do you, boo. When you get a pair of Raycons, you're getting crisp, powerful sound at half the price of uh, an apple brand raycons look great they feel even better they come in a range of cool colors with customizable gel tops included for a comfortable fit something else you're not going to get when you overpay with apple raycons offering 15 percent off all of their products and here's what you have to do to get it go to buyraycon.com slash back that's buyraycon.com slash back and save 15 percent buyraycon.com slash back 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight, a great chalkboard that you don't want to miss. Uh, it is happening on Blaze TV. Tonight at 9 o'clock, the Glenn Beck Special. And it is all about COVID. What we knew then, what we know now. And uh, let's just put it all out on a chalkboard and see if anything makes sense. Uh, you don't want to miss tonight's episode is this been in about a month and a half of research has gone into this episode tonight and uh yeah not a lot of people are going to talk about it uh mainly because uh man if you even tweet about it or if you god forbid you text well then the government will, will know that you're spreading misinformation or the truth tonight at nine this is the glenn Beck program whether it's for work or play this summer, take your Raycons with you. I'm at the ranch right now, and I'm going to be plugged in as I get onto my tractor, more of a bulldozer now, and move some earth and then hit the hills. I'll be wearing a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in my ears so I can listen to podcasts or I can listen to great music while I make hay, if you will. You'll get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons. They look great. They feel even better. And they come in a range of cool colors with customizable gel tips included for comfortable in-ear fit. They're the most comfortable earbuds I've ever owned. Listen up. Raycon is offering 15% off all their products. Just go to buyraycon.com slash back. There you'll find 15% off your entire Raycon order. It's a great deal. You'll want to grab a pair and despair it's 15 percent off now at buyraycon.com slash back all right uh, let me tell you about built bar uh this is a protein bar that um uh, that's how my wife sold it to me glenn there's a protein bar it's really good i'm like i don't why would i want a protein bar what why the terrible salesmanship i know your audience yes thank you you know you'd think she'd know after living See, i found these candy bars they're amazing they're amazing right if she would have sold it to me like that I would have I would have eaten them immediately. Did you hear that? What's new from the Mars Corporation? You've been like all in. <laughs> all right, right, right. You know the people uh, the people that make chocolate chip mint ice cream. They're making a a chocolate made with real chocolate, a chocolate uh, mint brownie bar. Mm, I am in. there. You would have tried it on I day there. one, right? And you, if she would have taken the wrapper off that says you know healthy protein, blah blah blah. Uh, I would have bought it. I would have bought it the whole time. It would have been like, this is my favorite candy bar. They should do that. They should make up alternate wrappers that don't say the healthy stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Like, it should right. just say, like, 812 calories. Because it is <laughs> It is so good, and it's like 120 calories. Right. But four, if you don't know that. Four net uh, carbs, uh, grams of carbs. They're really good. It's Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Built.com. Use Beck15 and save 15% off your first order. It's promo code Beck15 at Built.com. They're yummy. This 
is the Glenn Beck program. And tonight at 9 p.m., we go back and review some of the things that we knew then and know now about the coronavirus. One of the guys who I found uh, very refreshing at the the earliest stage of this, when we knew absolutely nothing about it, was a very, very reasonable scientist uh, who said, look, I, you know, we don't know. I think we should take these precautions, yada, yada. Uh, and uh, he said at the time, it it looks like this is not man-made. Well, now he's kind of hedged that uh, and uh, said, you know, I think there's more to look at. An honest one. We're going to talk to him about COVID in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. I know how you're feeling uh, if you're in pain. I know everybody can see it as you move throughout your day. I thought I was hiding it yesterday. Uh, my back was just killing me yesterday. And uh, I have these days where it, it comes and goes. And I was standing talking to David Barton and we were teaching a class and um, standing there. And David said, your back hurts. And I said, what are you talking about? And he's like the way you're standing. Everything changes when you are in real, real pain. Uh, I will tell you that I was in pain every single day to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. And I said to David, he said, uh, is it getting better or worse? And I said, oh, I could live like this for the rest of my life. It's nothing like it used to be. Nothing because of relief factors. And most days, I don't have any pain. Relief factor. It's not a drug developed by doctors. And 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. That's what I like about them. They'll say, if you're going to see any results, you'll see it in three weeks. It's not like, just keep taking it. Just keep taking it. If you don't see results in three weeks, stop taking it. If you If you do see results, continue to take it relieffactor.com 800-583-84 relieffactor.com it seems like a thousand years ago but when the pandemic first began uh we talked about uh uh, you know what to do and i did an interview with uh dr ian lipkin he is the uh, director for the Center for Infection and uh, Immunity at Columbia University. And um, we spoke about what he was doing. He was he was uh, quarantining himself, not because he was told to, just because he felt it was the right thing to do. And it was at that time. And we welcome uh, Dr. Ian Lipkin to the program again. Hi, doctor. How are you? Good to be with you, Glenn. Yeah, thank you. So uh, did you ever get the virus? I did in March of 2010. So I actually went into quarantine three times. Wait, 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 wait. March of 2010. Yes. I, excuse me, of 2020. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was like, whoa. See, as you said, <laughs> it was here a lot like, longer. <laughs> as you said, it seems like forever. Oh, yeah, it does. I guess it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so when I came back from China in February, I was fine, but I was put into quarantine nonetheless, which I think was appropriate. Right. I then became ill in March in New York. This time it was the strain of the virus that had come via Europe. Uh, so that put me out of commission for a while. And then uh, we had an infection in our lab. It what probably didn't occur in the lab, but somebody in the lab became infected. So we had to shut down yet again. So I've had 
three episodes of, you know, of forced isolation. Mm. Um, when we spoke last time, uh, and I just read the transcript uh, again before the program today, and I, I was uh, I was impressed with the way you handled things. And both of us, we were like, look, I, I want to be a good American. I want to be a good uh, human being. And both of us spoke in in uh, in ways where we were both saying, we don't know anything yet. We have no idea what we're dealing with. Could be really bad. Could be not as bad. But we should take these these actions. You told me in that interview um, that the origins of COVID-19, you thought were natural, but it was kind of you weren't married to that. You were just saying, I I think they're natural. You uh, I recently saw an article with uh, Donald McNeil where the two of you were discussing a recent uh, revelation that Dr. Xi in Wuhan was doing coronavirus experiments under uh, biosafety level uh, two conditions. Did this change the conversation at all in your viewpoint? It hasn't changed my uh, insight into where this thing originated. We still think it began in wildlife. <clears throat> and there's no evidence that there are any specific experiments that were conducted by her or anyone else that led to a more transmissible virus. What I was telling Donald at the time was that I thought that it was inappropriate to study potentially lethal infectious agents, except under high levels of biocontainment. That's what we do in New York. That's what we do in the U.S. And I think it's something that should be done worldwide. We need to have international specifications for this kind of research. I mean, don't you think it was really irresponsible of us to to ban it here uh, and then give it uh, give it over to the Chinese, knowing we we know now we knew how bad that lab was for biosafety. I mean, I have no problem if you want to do it. I I don't think I'm for it. Um, But if if you want to do it, let's do it in our labs in the deepest, darkest place we have. Well, people are going to do research globally. It's not something that's going to be unique to the United States. But I do think it makes sense for us to implement internationally standards by which people do this kind of research. Now, the kind of research that we're talking about is gain-of-function research, which is research that is designed to identify how viruses or bacteria, for that matter, cause infections, how they cause disease. And this kind of research is what gets us to the solutions so that when something naturally emerges or unnaturally emerges, we have a way in which we can address it. So it's very important research. But as you've said, it has to be conducted safely and rigorously and with appropriate safeguards. So this is the argument that is being debated right now, whether it was natural or it was created. Um, uh, let me ask you this. Couldn't both of those things be true? A, a, a recent study published by the Chinese researchers detailed their work exposing mice with humanized lungs to coronavirus. Couldn't COVID-19 have evolved naturally within the mice and then jump to humans? So let me just walk back to what we now know about the origins of the virus, because I think that's helpful in elucidating the problem. There's more and more evidence coming out now to suggest that the virus was outside of China as early as October or November. 
of 2019. Yeah. So this, although we became really aware of what was going on in December in Wuhan, mm-hmm. it may well have started earlier there or someplace else. I'm not suggesting that I that I buy the idea that this thing came from the United States and went to China or any any other such, you know, sort of just stories that you may hear. But I think that we know so little still about the origins of this virus when it first emerged in humans whether or not there was an intermediate animal, that this is all speculation that's simply not going to get us anywhere. So why would it be, why would we find it elsewhere? And then Wuhan was just this wildfire. Well, because it probably, if I had to speculate as to its origins, it was somewhere in the vicinity of Wuhan or Guangzhou, where you had a lot of wildlife, one of the things that we've learned is that there were wildlife markets that were operational in the vicinity of Wuhan with tens of thousands of animals prior to the onset of, you know, of the epidemic in, um, in Wuhan that subsequently became a pandemic. Now, whether these were animals that came from someplace else in South Asia, we don't know. We also don't know whether or not there might have been some intermediate animal. We also don't know whether or not somebody inadvertently was exposed during the course of work in a laboratory. Now, what I can say is that even if we had wanted to create this virus, and I think we have people who know as much about these kinds of viruses in the U.S. and in Europe as elsewhere, we would not have known what to do. That's the best argument I can make for the fact that I don't think anybody deliberately created this agent. But that's no excuse you know, for sloppiness in terms of the way these agents are handled. So uh, let me ask you this, um, because I I asked you to be on today um, because you were one of the first guys that I talked to. And I thought you had uh, a lot of credibility. You were very you were open to all possibilities. Um, And it is it's hard to find what is really going on uh, now, uh, even though I, I am I'm not claiming that we do know. But I don't know, even know who to trust um, in the, this research that was going on in Wuhan lab, the scientific community, the government, everybody, uh, including a colleague of yours, Peter Daszak, uh, have been involved in this. And many of these guys are the staunch critics of the lab leak hypothesis. What I'm asking you is. I think this is what Eisenhower warned against when there is so much money involved and now politics involved. How do we trust what what we're finding? How do we trust the people who are telling us these things? This is a huge challenge, Glenn. I agree. It's sort of remember when Rumsfeld said we have known knowns and known unknowns and unknown unknowns. Right. We have all three of these here. We don't really understand where this virus came from. We don't know how long it was circulating before we came aware of its presence. We do know a few things. We know that it's risky to work with these kinds of agents without appropriate biocontainment. We know that wildlife markets are an extraordinary source of risk and they need to be shut down. And we know that we need to have transparency in the way investigations are done. And they should be done by people who do not have any real or apparent conflicts of interest. Now, for example, I would not be the appropriate person 
to be engaged to go to China and try to figure out whether or not there was something that was going that was awry. But there are people who have no conflict of interest, and I think they should be engaged to go in and try to figure out what we can know. Now, the way we will do this is to look for samples that precede the Wuhan outbreak that show evidence that there was an infection there, right? And that would include looking at, you know, at whatever we can find in laboratories, in animals, antibodies in people that indicate exposure. We also need to investigate some reports now that there were uh, that there was virus in Milan there uh, in 2019. Um, so there are a whole system here is and there's also some antibody data from American blood banks that suggests that there were people who were infected with the virus in 2019 as well. So all of this leads me to tell you that we're not a hell of a lot closer than we were when you and I first spoke. Now, the one thing I can tell you, which is extraordinary, is that as a result of what was done in the first Bush administration, that was followed up with Obama, where we started pushing for vaccines and the other things, we have the best tools in the world. And we should be extraordinarily proud of what's been achieved, because vaccination is the way out here. The question is whether or not we can vaccinate the rest of the world, too. I know it sounds like a huge investment for the U.S., but I have to tell you that until the whole world is safe, this thing is going to ping pong back and forth between the developing world and the developed world. It's not going to go away. How do we uh, I mean, so I'm still having a hard time with the trust on this and not on the vaccine. I mean, I don't have a problem with the vaccine. Take the vaccine. I wouldn't give it to my children. Uh, I mean, it's not even approved for children uh, yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, how do we go back to trust? How do we trust anything? I mean, they it, we now know that scientists were involved in shutting down the lab leak theory. Um, because of their hatred for Donald Trump and uh, the press went along with it. There's there's just so much politics in all of this. There's a lot of politics in it. I will. I have to say that knowing many of these people as I do, I don't think that it had anything to do with Donald Trump. I think they honestly believe that they're sincere in their belief that there was no evidence for a lab leak. The problem here is that if you're thinking in terms of criminal law, you say you have to prove something yes. beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's not what we're dealing with here. Because if you make a mistake, everyone's on the hook, right? So what we have to do is to proactively do the following. We have to shut down the wild animal marks, markets wherever they are. We have to ensure that there's an international standard for reviewing how labs run this kind of research to ensure that nothing like this ever happens again. And we also have to invest in our own infrastructure and the infrastructure around the world so that if something like this occurs, we have the situational awareness to respond rapidly and make sure that we never look again, look at 6 million people dying, $22 trillion in our treasury lost, and so forth. I mean, this is, this is the worst nightmare of my dreams far worse than the move we made, Contagion. But I have to say that leadership has failed us globally. Um, so we need, to, uh, we need to do something different going forward. And we need to, scientists really do want your trust. I have to tell you that, you know, there's disagreement among scientists as to whether or not, you know, this is appropriate or that's appropriate, mm -hmm. or which theory is most applicable. 
Uh, and that's the nature of scientific discourse. Exactly we argue, right. We argue until yeah. we get get to the truth. Right. And that is what is being uh, shuttered uh, in so many different ways. And that's what makes people cautious. We need to have open debates and listen to all sides on on everything. But, but when, when it comes to science, no scientist should ever feel uh, that, uh, that that they can't say something because of politics or or money, uh, especially. Uh, Dr. Ian Lipkin, thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless. My pleasure. You bye. It's almost a rite of passage to join a benefits group when you climb up into your fifties, isn't it? Yeah. Have you done it yet? If so, who would you choose? I think you ought to consider for a second option. Take a take a look at the Association of Mature American Citizens or AMAC. If you haven't joined one, let me tell you why AMAC is the way to go. Not only are you looking at a wealth of amazing benefits, things like insurance and travel discounts, but you're also going to find things that if you've joined a group that um, pushes back against the crazy left, you're going to find this everywhere through AMAC. Um, their constant efforts to legislate this country out of existence in Washington is something that AMAC stands against in real ways. And they're also a source of uncensored information that you can trust, complete with newsletters, videos, podcasts, fresh website content, and a bi-monthly magazine. Over a quarter of a million AMAC members have directly participated in AMAC's outreach campaign. Congress is hearing the voice of AMAC. Remember, at the uh, the height of the NRA, I think they had about 5 million members. I think they probably still do, but they had 5 million members. They were such a powerhouse because people were united behind one cause. Unite behind AMAC. Advocacy, benefits, and information. America needs AMAC. So do you. Go to AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. As uh, Dr. Lipkin said, uh, you know, I wouldn't be the best guy to investigate uh, this. That is because he does a lot of work with the Chinese government. At least he is open and honest about that. But uh, it makes you question. And that is the biggest problem. If you have transparency everywhere, then it's not a problem. But we didn't have transparency with Dr. Fauci. We, we didn't have transparency in a lot of places. And as far as China goes, I mean, they've they still to this day have not turned over no. the files from this lab. They still to this day. I mean, they they've, were caught recently uh, eliminating a very similar genetic sequence from records across the world uh-huh. uh, ahead of when we knew the outbreak actually occurred. Uh, and that was caused, you know, by like, uh, you know, like a group of people trying to understand the origin who've been working online. And I, and I go back and forth on this in that, like he's, what he's saying is true. And that there is not, I think maybe in talk radio circles and stuff, we kind of say, okay, it's the Chinese lab leak. And that was what happened. And I think it's definitely a a, a real possibility. Mm -hmm. The scientists don't they don't feel like they have that confirmed yet. I mean, I look at it as more like a, I don't want to say journalists because we're not journalists, but we go through this every day. We analyze news. We look at this. We, if, if anything, we've looked at this 
and looked at communist governments and how they treat information and have a real background in looking at that. Mm -hmm. So looking at it from that perspective, it to me screams lab leak theory or worse. Uh, Of course, I just don't have the expertise in breaking down a genome to be able to really track this. And the scientists are are more split on it than i think at times conservative media acknowledges or oh, liberal the op- and the li- opposite yeah. of what liberal media says where yeah. they say there's no they've been saying for for a long time lab leaks not even a possibility are, they were split on that the entire right. time as well there are there are good cases to be made on uh both sides but tonight i want to show you what we thought and we think is happening mm-hmm. and happened uh, if it is proven that it is a lab leak, uh, then we're in a whole different ballgame uh, because there was a cover up that that happened. Uh, and I'm going to lay it all out on a chalkboard tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on blaze TV dot com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck program. So I love a great movie and what ruins even a great movie is squirming. Uh, And that's because there's some piece of graphic content out there, violence, extreme language, whatever uh, that, uh, you know, fire up usually when your kids walk up, uh, walk in. Always that moment. It's always that moment. If there's an F word in a movie, there's a magnet that is drawn to when your child walks in the room. I I swear to you, that is. There is a service called VidAngel, and VidAngel gives you control over the content in your home. I, I am not for censors. I am for you being able to censor. If you want it in your home, great. And you set it. And that's what VidAngel does. You set the screening process so it, it, it will come and skip only the parts that you say, hey, I don't want that word. I don't want this kind of scene. I don't I'll take violence up to this level. And so it's all personalized to you and your family. Twenty five hundred movies, 11,000 TV episodes and new ones added every single week. Trust me, go to vidangelbeck.com and sign up. Use the promo code BECK1, vidangelbeck.com. You're not going to want to miss tonight's show on COVID and where it came from. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks. Well, Cuba has gotten bad quickly. About 100 people have just disappeared uh, from Cuba that were some staunch supporters and out in the... uh, out in the streets protesting the government of cuba they've just disappeared i mean what could have happened to them Stu? i mean they're just gone all of a sudden well it's hiking season actually in in cuba Cuba right now yeah so a lot of times there's a lot of long walks that people go on they go into the 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 mountains right and is this avalanche season it is avalanche that's right when they go hiking a lot of times avalanches Mm -hmm. will crush uh, protesters, many people who happen to be protesting, <laughs> right. and no, no, no okay. party well, officials. See, that's why you listen to the news because mm-hmm. you can get the full story. Like the hiking season mm-hmm. epidemic, uh, the loss of, of terrible of protesters of dissidents in Cuban it's in almost, Cuba. That's weird. It's just I don't know why these uh, opponents of the regime are such big fans of hiking. They <laughs> right. all is almost exclusively. Right. Hiking. Well, the rest of them are taking tours of the prisons. 
Right. Uh, of course, and they're just, you know, they just love prison tours. You mean the free housing they're getting? The free housing. Yeah. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Exactly right. Uh, so things are getting really bad for the Cuban people. They are on the streets um, now chanting, where's Biden? Where's Biden? Mm, I think Biden thinks that uh, several times a day himself, uh, but I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, what's happening there is the people have had enough, and this is one of those moments where the Democrats are going to screw it up again, uh, where people have a chance to have freedom if they would just get the support of America. Uh, the regime is weak. Cuba could be free, and uh, we're going to blow it again. Where is Biden on this? Where is the administration? Where is the support of these people? You know, 470 people have got onto a raft or something, and they've tried to come to the United States from Cuba, and we have turned them away. Mm. And the administration has said, we want to make sure that you understand we're sending you back. You're not coming into the United States. I guess Cubans are the wrong brown people. Is that, mm. is that right? They always vote the wrong way. That's the problem. Oh, but that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Send, them, yeah. send back them. Send back them. Send back yeah. them. Build back better and send back them. <laughs> I, I like it. That's the plan. By the way, I uh, tweeted something to the Cuban people taking a brave stand against socialism. We support you. Um, I got a Twitter response from the Socialist Party of America mm-hmm. to the ignorant who keeps saying Cuba has socialism. There are three important facts. I think they're talking about Michael Moore, right? He certainly said that they yeah, had yeah. Uh, all so, sorts of wonderful, glorious socialist health I agree with them that mm-hmm. he is ignorant. Socialism means a society with no ruling class. Mm, it's always meant that throughout history. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, it's never been tried correctly. That's, that's why. why that's why. That's why you have a you know nine-figure right. death tolls right. every century. Uh, socialism is a society where the people own the means of production, not the elite. See, what you're talking about, I hate to point this out to the Socialist Party, is, but what you're talking about is communism. Communism is that. Everything else has been socialism. I mean, I hate to, you know... Go to Marx on stuff like this. But socialism is the step in between. It's where the heavy hand needs to be uh, needs to come down on people to change that society, to get everybody to go. We're all in this together and I don't care about status or who owns what. We're all just going to share and we're going to live like Jesus. That is communism. Communism has never happened. It never gets past the brutality stage because it's the complete opposite of everything that humans uh, experience and feel and want. But by these standards, capitalism has never been tried either. I mean, like there, it's a, of course, purely every single thing the way that Marx set it up. Uh, you know, it's never going to be perfect. But these are Correct. largely socialist, largely communist countries, Correct. right? Correct. And like, you know, it's, it's it, uh, certainly I can complain and say that this would be better if we were more capitalist. However, you know, this is generally a capitalist country and that's why you've seen the benefits. Cuba, generally communist country or socialist country. And largely we've seen where that leads. Yeah. Death, to, you know, death, death and, and misery. despair and tragedy for decades and decades and decades on end. Mm-hmm. And it could end now. 
mm-hmm. if Americans would stand up and stand with the Cuban people. We stand with you. We stand with you. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that coming up uh, next hour. By the way, uh, Vice uh, has uh, has done their research on and they caught us at CPAC. Man, they, they caught, caught you. Yeah, they caught us. Where did they catch you on stage? Yeah, they caught mm-hmm. me on stage. Oh, no. uh, conservative radio host Glenn Beck showed off a KKK hood on stage <laughs> before going to compare the Ku Klux Klan to Antifa. I mean, most people would do what they could to avoid that headline. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. Most people would try to maybe. I can't yeah. tell you how many times we've been to these muse- <laughs> museums and, and Glenn has got his giant display of some terrible thing from history. Like, I remember one time in particular, there were these giant Nazi flags that you got from somewhere, and mm-hmm. you were talking about the horrors of the Nazi party. Mm-hmm. And some local media person comes in, they're like, uh, Glenn, can we talk to you? Yes. And you're like, yeah, sure. And you start the interview, and I'm like, I'm looking, and all I see is the background of you standing in front of these giant Nazi flags. <laughs> Eggs on television, and theoretically, it's something you try to avoid. I would try to avoid. There's a PR sort well, of lesson. Well, here on the CPAC speech in particular, <laughs> I had an hour to speak. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and so I knew I could put it into context. And I said at the very beginning, they're going to take things out of context. But, you know, it's time to show the truth. And I showed where the Klan came from. You know, the Klan was a Democratic Party enforcement arm mm-hmm. period it wasn't something else it was like oh you know what uh let's see if we can talk those clan members into being democrats no 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 it was started by the democrats to be an enforcement arm to make sure that no uppity blacks uh or any uppity whites were <laughs> gonna be fighting for for voting rights for black people because they got to be kept in place. That is a democratic arm. And I just want to do a show. And so I did bring, I did bring, I think this is one of the most horrifying things. I'm just horrifying. This is from around the time of Reconstruction. Mm. This is the pieces of a Klan mask. Uh, and it is truly terrifying. Truly terrifying. Um, but I don't have it because I'm for the Klan. I have it because I'm against the Klan. And Vice, oh my gosh, you guys are such good journalists. You you just saw pictures. Mm, I I like I like to get all of my uh, all of my facts from books with pictures in them. I can't take the time to read any of the words or listen to the context. I just picture, picture, picture. So all the best journalism is on Instagram. That's exactly exactly and right. Pinterest. They also said backstage after his speech, Beck was showing off other pieces from his extensive collection, including Nazi armbands worn by victims of Hitler's Germany. Uh, hmm. I don't know where you got that because I didn't do that. I mean, I have that collection of Nazi armbands. I mean, you <laughs> want to come over, I'll show you. I mean, you got to see the electric chair. Mm. It is unbelievable. It's either number 1 or number 2 from the New York Penitentiary. See, I collect the dark side of history. David Barton collects all of the good things of American history. I want to be able to show both sides so you can decide. So nobody's walking around going, America is the greatest place ever and we've never done anything wrong. No, it is the greatest place that man has devised so far. Uh, but we've done a lot of wrong. 
and we learn from that so we don't do it again. So when we when we see symbols and we're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. The Native Americans had it turned around the other way. So did the Hindus. They had it turned over the other way and it was a square. But Hitler, you're going to love this fact. Hitler took that sign of peace and flipped it the other way and then had it on an angle. Why did he have it on an angle? Because he believed in socialist progress. He was a progressive. Mm. Did you know that? Probably not. Because there's a picture. I just want to show a picture, 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 picture. So their, their evidence was that you sh- you showed uh, a KKK hood, but you said, of course, obviously it was in a negative light, but they tried to say it was in a positive light, or how, how did they how did yeah, they frame it? So uh, Glenn Beck uh, held up a KKK hood from his personal collection. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's technically accurate, but I think frames it a little bit incorrectly. Yeah, you kind of leave out the part where I talked about our museum yeah. uh, that has artifacts of, um, you know, more founding documents, more documents on the American founding prior to 1812 outside of the Library of Congress and the National Archives. Other know, than that. Pretty good. Other than that. Uh, and I will say, too, it, technically, it's probably out of the museum collection. So not even it your is. personal collection. Some of these things are mine. Some of them are not. Uh, you lend them all to the I museum lend, all I, the time I anyway. Buy, yeah. yeah. You buy buy stuff and then, you know, put it over the museum or, or whatever. So, But it's funny that the, the instead of saying, like, he talked about the horrors of the Democrat-led Ku Klux, no, no, no. Ku Klux Klan. In the middle of his CPAC speech defending the United States record on slavery. Oh, that's what you did? Wow, that's a shocking yeah, that's a shock. development. I've heard you talk yeah. about slavery thousands of times. I've never heard you once defend it. Yeah, it's, well, You weird. picked that one time to start defending well, slavery. Well, I thought it was the time to come out. out. I thought it was the time to come out and do that. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. or a, not. I would or say it's the exact opposite. Hmm. Here's the thing. Um, they can't defend themselves at all. So they have to uh, take and twist lies um, and take these lies and push them everywhere they can. Twist everything that they can into a negative and into a dark place. You want the truth? You want the beginning or uh, uh, the beginning of an understanding of where you should start seeking the truth? Watch my CPAC speech. See if you know half of it. See if you know half of what I talked about. If you don't, maybe you should go back and look at original sources on American history. Pictures? I want pictures. Um, You know, if you don't have some sort of um, system like LifeLock, in fact, I think it's LifeLock is the best. But if if you don't have something like LifeLock right now, you're basically walking down a dimly lit alley at night, you know, with your wallet going, hey, everybody, I got free money in my wallet and I got credit cards and everything. Come and get it. And you're smarter than that. I know you are. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives. And it might be cybercrime, but it is real crime. And every day we put our whole life at risk on the Internet. LifeLock will detect a wide range of identity uh, threats. They can't, you know, protect you from everything. Nobody can. It's constantly 
expanding. But if they detect your information has been compromised, they're going to send you an alert. Plus, you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year at lifelock.com with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK, 25% off. Do it now. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, let me tell you, the art world has just embraced me. Uh... So, no. I mean, you were the 100th most important person in the world of art. I think once you are, you always are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that art magazine uh, did that uh, as a joke. Uh, I disagree. Year. It was a joke. I, I always you, took it seriously. I, well, I did, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm a doctor. Uh, I'm a colonel. I'm a Kentucky colonel. Um, I'm a reverend mm-hmm. uh, from the Church of Universal Life. I'm also a priest in my in my church so i am a reverend doctor priest colonel beck that's what i am you have an almost unlimited amount of titles right and so i know mm-hmm. i know these things um but uh they've just embraced me so much so much uh and gosh i just appreciate that i do um i have i have one gallery out there who's like they're just totally total defenders. They're just great, great people. They don't all agree with me politically. Great, great people. And I just know, I just know other galleries are like, oh, we cannot speak to them anymore. Mm. We cannot speak to them. Um, but anyway, uh, the deal is with my artwork, unlike Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, yeah. Hunter Biden, mm-hmm. you don't get to meet my dad. No, no, that would be it'd be creepy at this point. He's been dead for a few years, so it'd be really creepy. But I want you to know that if you buy one of my pieces of art, you don't meet my dad. Look, the fact that we now have evidence that Hunter Biden was doing deals uh, in Central America and then shuttling up multiple billionaires to meet in the vice presidential uh, residence. That's not something that's worth reporting on. No. By the media at all. No. And the fact that now he's taking in seventy-five dollars to $500,000 for paintings, even though I believe it was the former Obama ethics advisor who uh, said he's never even done as much as a community art show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's cert- totally okay and not suspicious at all. Well, he makes them with a straw. I think it's a Coke straw, but he makes them with a straw. So <laughs> well, he has uh, the straws that are lying around. And some of them, I think he's going to glue some macaroni on some of them. So, I mean, they're worth 500 grand, but uh, we have, uh, we have Peter Schweitzer on the, Ooh, yeah. uh, the art of the deal, I mean, the Biden edition. Uh, let me see a quick preview on Peter Schweitzer and see how much we can get out of him on this. Oh, he's I know. on, he's on Stu does America the other night mm-hmm. and I asked him a question and he just sort of blurts out that he has the Hunter Biden laptop. He has it. Like he has all of We're going in to talk to him about the Biden thing. That's our cover. <laughs> That's our cover. Tell me about Biden. So, uh, so what about that laptop? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to miss this interview uh, with Peter Schweitzer. Coming up next. So we have an investigator, or that's what he says he is, Peter Schweitzer. He's going to be on talking about uh, 
Hunter Biden and his little art uh, scheme he has got going on. We'll see if this uh, Mr. Peter will actually answer any of our questions. Stand by. State Radio continues in one minute. Can't wait. The Glenn Beck program. Can't wait until people are forced to listen to this program. You know what I'm saying, Stu? Just that would really make our ratings go up. If, if we could only just, just require them. it. It's made possible by people like you because uh, we park our big broadcast truck over your dead body. <laughs> the world of uh, buying and selling homes never been simple. Uh, but today, today, it's even more complicated. Uh, one thing you can learn about mankind, he likes to make every transaction as complicated as possible. Thank God we have womankind. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they, they don't do anything that's complex. Mm-mm, they are so easy to understand. Anyway, it's uh, complicated enough. And Sarah, why are you giving me that dirty look right now? I don't even. She's one of them. <laughs> She's a woman. Mm-hmm. She's one of them. Well, I don't know Holy who she identifies God. today, but you could have fooled me. Mm-hmm. She keeps flashing me too, and I'm like, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop!" What's do? What's wrong? I beg of you, I beg of you to get to Peter Schweizer. <laughs> Well, I just want to talk about realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're looking for a great real estate agent, you'll find one there. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We have you covered coast to coast. Wherever it is, you're moving across the street, cross town, or across country. We can give you real estate agents on both sides to help you buy and sell the house for the right amount of money. It is realestateagentsitrust.com. Tonight on Glenn TV. The worst of the COVID pandemic may be over, but the virus's after effects will be with us for years. And now we can finally connect the dots, showing what really happened. Did America's elites trust communist China with a civilization-killing virus and then lie to cover up their mistakes? Glenn's back at the chalkboard with what happened and who was involved. Deadly negligence, exposing the real origins and cover-up of the COVID-19 pandemic. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com. So here we have this Mr. Peter Sweiser, a host of Drill Down with Peter Sweiser. Uh, what is this Drill Down thing you do? I've never even heard your podcast yet, Peter. I just found this out. How long have you been doing that without telling your friends? <laughs> we just started it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have trouble doing this interview. I'm laughing too hard. Uh, what you do or, or doing on the radio is, uh, is something else. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be with you as always, Glenn. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, the um, I, I have two ways to go here, Peter. Yeah. We're friends. You know me. Yeah. You consider yeah. me an honest man? Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I've been lying to you, Peter. <laughs> I said I wanted to get you on to talk about Hunter Biden's art, but it is all a ruse to get you to talk about the laptop that you have of his. But we'll go the honest way. Now that I've told you that's what my ruse is, let's start talking about his uh, his art. Is there any mention of his art on his laptop? <laughs> no. No, there's not. Um, I would say there are there are certain uh, images that Hunter Biden might consider to be art, yeah. uh, but um, no, we, we, we have stayed away from all, uh, uh, yeah. say, all photographs and images. There's no mention of art. 
there's no mention of art appreciation either yeah. uh, in, uh, on the laptop. So, I'll so just say that. Let, let me we'll come back to, to that nonsense. And as much as you care to tell us, because uh, I know you're you're writing a book and it's an expose on this. Um, but uh, uh, let's do talk about the art. Is there any doubt in anyone's mind that this is a hey, you can meet my dad for five hundred grand? No, there's no doubt. Anybody that seriously looks at this, I mean, look, it, it, you got to give them credit, Glenn. There's a certain uh, a maniacal, evil genius quality to this art scam. Uh, you know, when we talked about the deals with the uh, energy company and the deals in China, everybody was saying, like, look, he has no background in China, he has no background in energy, because those are things you look for in the business world. Well, the art world, it's all subjective. It's all completely subjective. So for them to now migrate to the art world as a means by which people can pay half a million dollars for a piece of Hunter Biden art, um, that that's anything but a sophisticated scheme uh, for you know, foreign influence buying um, is ridiculous. I mean, I'll note just a couple of days ago, there was an article in Maine that a Picasso sold for $150,000. Correct. They're, they're <laughs> Picasso. They want you to, yeah, they want you to pay th- more than three times that uh, for a piece of artwork by the uh, son of the president of the United States, who has no formal training in art and has no. So okay, so so hang on just a second because I can't I can't diss somebody for not having any formal training of I have no formal sure. training. Well, actually, I kind of do now, uh, but no actual you know certificate in art or anything else. And you know, a sure. gallery is carrying my art, and it does come with a hefty price. Um, however, I don't have a track record of doing deals uh, and trying to find ways to make money just because I'm the son of the president or the vice president. And that way you pay me for something that I'm really not doing and you get to go talk to my dad. Well, that's right. And, and also, Glenn, I mean, I know your story. I mean, you didn't start out in radio with a nationally syndicated program. And what, what Hunter Biden is basically saying is, I've never, I don't even know if he did art in high school, but what he's doing is he's going from having no background, no uh, history of doing art, to saying, I'm going to charge $500,000 for a piece <laughs> of art. And by the way, my business partner, the guy that owns this gallery, uh, has been trying for years to break into the Chinese art market uh, by opening up galleries. You, we know who the buyers are going to be. Oh it's, 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 the same, it's the same thing, Glenn, uh, with, with Hunter's business career. He wasn't going to Tokyo and London and doing deals with recognized companies. He was going to Ukraine, to Moscow, to Beijing. It's going to be the same thing here. Nobody believes serious collectors in the art world are going to prize these properties and buy them. They're going to be market Marketed, uh, they've already talked about this. They're going to be marketed in places like China, um, and they're not being sold, uh, you know, with sort of a made-up artistic name. Uh, they're being sold as Hunter Biden. Everybody knows who Hunter Biden is, so it's very clear what this is. And the White House response to this has been laughable, Glenn, because the only way you can deal with this is if, if Hunter's really going to do this is with a level of transparency. And, and you've got to give Bill and Hillary Clinton credit here. When, when Bill started doing all those speeches when Hillary was in the Senate and Secretary of State, they at least had the decency to say, we're going to disclose who's paying Bill and how much. 
the Biden White House is saying the opposite. We're actually going to keep it secret. Somehow that's going to make it less corrupt. <laughs> uh, it's just laughable. So, you know, when I was growing up, the big scandal, uh, you know, with with uh, people trying to cash in on the president was Billy, Billy Beer, Billy Carter. Right. Right. Um, which is pretty small potatoes. Uh, and we've we've always seemed to care until the Clintons. Um, and now th- the evidence is so clear what's going on, at least on Hunter Biden, that you'd yeah. think that this would be really important um, it, it, in the laptop, if you care to say. Um, or even out of the laptop, is there any direct evidence that shows, I mean, solid evidence that shows that is exactly what's happening. This is a pay for play. Uh, and, uh, Joe Biden is profiting off of this. Uh, yeah, the answer is yes. Um, and, you know, Glenn, we've known each other for a long time, worked on a lot of projects together. I'm, I'm always loath to, uh, you know, to draw conclusions that you can't draw based on the material. But, yes. uh, you know, th- look, there's 30,000 Hunter Biden emails. We got access to them. We have the collection. Uh, we were very skeptical. We didn't want to accept them at face value. So what we did, Glenn, was we cross-referenced the Hunter Biden emails with every other data set that we know is fact. For example, uh, the U.S. Senate released Hunter Biden's Secret Service travel records, so we know where the Secret Service traveled with him on what dates. We cross-reference the Hunter Biden emails. If an email says Hunter's going to be in Dubai next week, does that actually correspond with the Secret Service travel records? In every single case, absolutely 100%. So there's no way that, that it could, they could have been made up in that respect. We then cross-reference them to the Bevan Cooney emails. Bevan Cooney, a Hunter Biden business partner who went to jail, Bevan Cooney granted us access to his Gmail accounts, meaning we didn't get printed out emails, we didn't get copies, we actually go into his Gmail account. He and Hunter exchanged emails. So the question is, are the Hunter Biden laptop emails, do they correspond with the Bevan Cooney emails? Again, yes, 100%. Then you look at the wire transfers that the Senate committee released, you know, of of the, the money coming from Russia and China. You reference, you look at the references in the Hunter Biden laptop to wire transfers of money. Do those correspond? Absolutely 100%. So the Biden laptop emails that we have gone through are verified all different ways. There's no, you know, challenging the veracity. Then the question becomes what's in them. And that's very challenging because there's 30,000 and just doing a word search really is not the way. So we've hand gone through almost all of them. We're about halfway through the investigation. And a couple of things stand out, Glenn. First of all, this is not just a Hunter Biden story. This is a Joe Biden story. Joe Biden financially directly benefited from Hunter Biden's deals while he was vice president. Um, that's not surmising. That's not implying. It's directly evidenced in the emails. So and it, it is it is it a I mean, because, Peter, that is quite a charge. Um, is it buttoned up 100? There's no way this could be taken apart uh, and, and, and looked at in a different way. 
Yeah, it's, I'll tell you how clear-cut it is, Glenn. Uh, Hunter Biden takes money from foreign entities. Hunter Biden consistently and regularly is paying his father's and his mother's bills while they're vice president of the United States. Um, that's how clear-cut it is. And by the way, that's not legal. It's not legal for an elected official. You can get gifts from family members, uh, but it's very specifically defined what a gift is. And paying their bills uh, does not count as giving them a gift. But but how much money? I mean, you know, what is that? Uh, You know, they live modestly, I'm sure. Oh, no. I mean, it's it's uh, I'm not going to give you an exact amount now, but it's not a modest amount. Um, And the other thing uh, that is clear is that Hunter Biden, uh, it's a quid pro quo. Um, There are emails in which he actually is communicating with foreign nationals where he says, uh, I have given you all the access you asked for in the White House. I got oh you meetings gosh. at the vice president's residence. I got you meeting with White House officials. I got you meeting to, uh, at, at White House events. Um, and then he's angry because the promised deals have not materialized. So he's laying out explicitly that the access was a quid pro quo. Um, so these are just sort of the ground level. Um, I will tell you that uh, once... We are done with the investigation, and once we release it, um, uh, this is going to be a massive scandal that's going to raise all kinds of fundamental questions uh, about the nature uh, of the Obama, uh, sorry, of the Biden administration, uh, and how and why certain decisions are being made in the Biden White House. Currently, 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 Peter. Uh, you need some, uh, you need some extra security. Just let me know. Uh, you, you are, you're headed down a dark, dark rabbit hole. Um, do you have any idea when you'll be able to release any of this? Uh, it'll probably be in January. Um, and I will say, Glenn, I mean, and we've known each other for many years, have done a lot of things. This is, uh, I would say, by far uh, the most frightening uh, research uh, that we've done. That includes the Clintons. That includes the previous work on the Bidens, the insider trading in Congress. Uh, this is by far uh, the most frightening. Uh, what, do you, what do you mean by what do you mean by frightening? Uh, you're, you're talking about, uh, let's say, very sinister foreign entities. You know, th- this is not, when people think of corruption, I think a lot of times, Glenn, people think of, you know, okay, this congressman, you know, got a contract for this paving company, or mm-hmm. they, they helped out some Wall Street banker. And I'm not minimizing it. That's important stuff. But what we're dealing with here is is a Biden family business model that's laid out in the in the Biden emails and other uh, sources of information that I've just talked about. Uh, their business model was not to just go for uh, low hanging fruit in safe places uh, to collect money. Uh, they went directly um, to the darkest corners of the earth when it comes to corruption and adversaries of the United States, uh, and were prepared to do their bidding that that is the bottom line that comes out of these emails and that is not surmising that is explicit and detailed um in in the emails and and people will be able to read it for themselves uh when we release them i mean this sincerely peter stay safe we will glenn and i appreciate as always uh, your friendship and, and encouragement and support for what we do you bet thanks a lot peter Schweitzer. wow 
That is going to be a big deal. And if you know anything, I mean, again, he throws out, you know, this is bigger than when we found insider trading in Congress. Peter is literally responsible for changing the law of the United States because of that investigation. This is not a minor yeah, thing. It all when stopped. He has Insider traders, trading stopped um, in Congress because of, of his work. He has exposed big, big things for him to say what, what, what makes me really nervous. Pray for him and his staff and the people around him. Uh, he, when he says it's the most frightening, when you're dealing in those dark corners, uh, you know, you know what happens to people who cross Putin um, anywhere, anywhere in the world. All right. Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's Built Bar. If you haven't ordered a box of Built Bars yet, you have to ask your question. Uh, why are you being cruel to yourself, your tongue, uh, the yummy, the, the things that need a yummy home in your tummy? Uh, really, honestly, it is. It's good for you, blah, 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 blah. And it is really good, really good. Built Bar understands how the world really works. Flavor first, healthy crap second. That's why Built Bars taste like a candy bar when you bite into it. You're fooling your body into eating something healthy. I know. I never thought it was possible. It's like the fat pill. It's, it, we're there when, okay, how come everything tastes like crap that's good for you? Built Bar has crossed the threshold. They're there. The promise is true. It's happened. I want you to check them out for yourself. Go to built.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. 120 calories per bar. Real chocolate. Really good taste. Uh, lots of protein. Four net carbs, I think, uh, on most of them. So they're really good for you and they taste great. Get them for snacks. Uh, I could build a whole meal around them, quite honestly. Built.com. Use the promo code Beck15. Built.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Stu, so you're going to have to help me out. Remember, um, I think it was on HBO, and it's such a great series and i watched it because eh, it's pretty much about the murdochs at least that's what they what they want you to think what's that series uh do you know what i'm talking about yes totally secession and, yeah uh, secession mm -hmm. okay and uh the son's name kendall kendall mm -hmm. i think I exactly that is the hunter biden story yes Every time I, I you, the more and more you see about what Hunter has done and been doing over his life, you just can't get Hunter or you can't get Kendall out, out of your, your mind yeah. if you've watched that show. And if you've watched that show, you just think, I mean, it is exactly the same story. Dad is uh, seemingly a, a nice guy to him, but not really. He's passive aggressive like crazy. Yeah. And he's using all of his his uh, addictions against him. And gets him to make, you know, money for the family, do all the illicit deals oh, yeah, yeah. and and would flush him down the toilet in a heartbeat. And you look at what's going on right now. If if this was a sane relationship between father and son, the last thing in the world Hunter would be doing is this. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, of course he deserves to be able to earn a living. But he shouldn't be doing it in the most corrupt industry imaginable. No. If, you're, if, if I mean, you know, Joe Biden, and I don't want to judge anybody's love for their for their family, but honestly, to put Joe Biden into the presidency, his family should have stepped up and said, you know, dad, no, 
um, because he's just not there. Uh, and in the reverse, I will tell you, if if I love my children and I do, if one of them had the record of Hunter Biden, I'd be there for him every step of the way. But I would not be putting him into these high pressure situations and, you know, lots of money and corruption all around. That would be the worst thing I could do to a drug addict. Yeah. I mean, think about it. There's only two possibilities here. If Hunter, you know, really cared about the presidency of the United, let's say everything's completely fine and he cares about his dad's presidency. The last thing in the world he would be doing is this, right? Something that makes it look like the appearance. On On the other hand, the only reason you do it in that situation is if these... Uh, payments and influence were actually real like if this was a purchase of influence then you wouldn't necessarily stop them and what has his answer been to hide all the people who are buying the art i mean it certainly adds up to corruption and i think we're going to find a lot more from peter over the next six months or so that backs that up that is remarkable remarkable what peter just said was remarkable that is worth sharing with some friends. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about Goldline. They have come into possession of a very rare lot of the most historic coin in U.S. history, at least one of them. It's the five, uh, $5 gold Indian head. What a surprise. It's not worth $5 anymore because it's solid gold. It's extremely similar to the $5 Liberty coins that I own. Um, And I buy them for a reason. I'm a coin collector. Um, And it's it's worth about 10 times. It's or I should say it's rarer, about 10 times rarer than the gold Liberty coins. It's highly sought after. They have very few of these. They just got a, a lot in of this. This week only, they are offering a pre-launch special before they offer these to the general public. With each tube of Indian head coins uh, purchased, you are going to receive a brand new 2021 Type 2 Silver Eagle and a copy of the Crisis Preparedness Handbook, all at no additional cost. You have a chance to buy these before anybody else. It's only available this week and while the inventory lasts. Call Goldline right now. 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE. And blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You got a brand new Studios America, followed by the brand new Glenn TV, the origins of COVID tonight. Welcome to the program. To a good friend of the uh, program, Giancarlo Sopo, a conservative media strategist, former Trump campaign official, and uh, somebody whose family escaped from Cuba. Welcome, Giancarlo. How are you? Hey, Glenn. It's so great to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, great to talk to you. I th- I've been thinking about you for the last few days as soon as I saw the protests in, uh, in Cuba. Can you tell us what's really going on from the ground? Do you have any contact with anybody in Cuba? Yeah, uh, we have. I have many sources on the ground there. Essentially, what's what's going on is that people are just fed up. People are fed up with six decades of oppressive tyranny. Uh, you know, th- there's been a lot of attention on COVID and whether this protest is or vaccines or whatever. That's all nonsense. Maybe COVID is the straw that broke the camel's back exactly. because it, it it showed that the Cuban regime's 
propaganda that it's some kind of healthcare paradise was entirely false. And Cubans are now very aware of that because they're seeing that while the rest of the world is moving past COVID, cases in, on the island are skyrocketing. People are dying in hospitals mm. with because there is there is no oxygen, there is no treatment for COVID on the island. Uh, the Cuban regime refused Pfizer vaccines on a humanitarian basis. Um, so, so we did the, offer. Oh yeah. So everyone talks about the embargo. The embargo has very wide loopholes for food and for medicine. This is entirely the Castro regime's doing because they have uh, choked off innovation on the island. It's a communist dictatorship. The government is by far the largest employer in the state, uh, in, 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 the, in the nation. Their entire economy is under the control of the Cuban military. When people go to hotels in Cuba, what they're actually doing is giving the money directly to the Cuban military apparatus because Imagine that if you stayed here like a, at a Holiday Inn, you were giving money to the U.S. Army because the Army owned Holiday Inn. That's exactly wow. what, what's, what the situation is like in Cuba. When you go to a Cuban hotel or any kind of state-run establishment for tourists, that feeds money directly into the coffers of the Cuban military, uh, which is why I've always encouraged if Americans are going is to support the private sector, do not stay in anything that's like funded by the government. So people are just fed up. Uh, there had been what, like massive crackdowns on prominent artists on the island in in recent months um, who, who began protesting the regime. And then, like, with greater Internet access, people have become more aware and just less afraid. There is no respect for Cuba's current dictator, the man who inherited the, the crown, per se, from Raul Castro. Uh, nobody respects him. He's a charlatan. He's a fraud. And so the Cuban people are fed up and they're demanding their God-given rights. So tell me about, because a hundred people have been disappeared, uh, a Chinese uh, word, um, where they were protesting and now they're just gone. Um, Tell me how dangerous it's becoming for people on the streets. It's very dangerous. We're seeing footages and I'm receiving a lot of people uh, on the island who are able to sneak out images because they're somehow able to use proxies and VPNs to go around the government censors of, of the internet. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I thought I that they, I thought they had shut the internet down there. That's what they've maintained the, the internet, what they've blocked off or any kind of social media sites. Okay. Uh, but Cubans are extremely resourceful um, and intelligent and they're able to kind of like, they're able to kind of get around them uh, with through proxies and VPNs if they're okay. able to access them. Yeah. So the government has now deployed uh, its Black Beret forces going neighborhood by neighborhood, cleaning out homes, um, arresting dissidents, ma- mandatory enlistment of young men between the ages of 18 and 19 and 20 into the, the military. They have like, there are, there are images of, the regime dragging people in that age group, young men in that age group out of their homes and forcing them to attack their fellow Cubans. Uh, it, the situation is getting really nasty. And I'm also hearing reports. I've been unable to independently verify this, but I've now received a couple of reports from people on the ground in Cuba saying that their neighborhoods are being patrolled by people with foreign accents. So these would be Venezuelan mm-hmm. troops on the island in Cuba. Uh, 
I was shocked to see Biden say, you know, anything about the fight for freedom in Cuba. Um, we have an opportunity now to help the people of I mean, this regime could fall because of this and we're not doing anything. What should we be doing? Well, that's a very good question. I think one of the first things that we could do is to work to facilitate Internet access as much as possible to the Cubans, whether it's through satellite or whether it's through our military base in Guantanamo. Uh, there, there are ways to do it. We should be very aggressively pursuing that if the technology allows for it. The second thing is that the U.S. State Department, the Department of Defense, could work with American VPN providers uh, and proxy servers to make their services more easily available to the Cuban people so they can circumvent the censors. And then the last thing that we should be looking at is that, look, the Cuban people do not have weapons. One of the first things that Fidel Castro did when he came into power is that he confiscated all guns. Cubans are not allowed to own guns of any kind, not even for hunting. So if there's one thing that we should be doing is if we, we, we should be considering a humanitarian corridor uh, where we would and send the Castro regime a very clear message. If you fire upon your people, you, you will all options are on the table. We will enforce. Uh, we will work with our allies to bring peace to the Cuban people. But we cannot to tolerate a massacre of the Cuban people. You're talking about the if there's one thing that Cuba does very well, it's intelligence and it's uh, internal military operations uh, and policing. So we should be defending the Cuban people or help, at least helping them defend themselves. How can we help? How can the average person help? The best thing that people could do right now is continue sharing images coming out of Cuba, uh, retweet them, keep the issue on the news. The regime always bets that these th that uh, the, our attention is going to go away elsewhere and that people will not care for uh, dissidents, that Americans will not pay any attention to them arresting and beating people. Um, so I've been tweeting out a lot of images, and I, I, I know that you've been very supportive, Glenn, and so have, and so have other uh, people like Ben Shapiro uh, who are really drawing a lot of attention to this issue. Keep retweeting that. Keep Cuba in the news and use the hashtag SOSCuba. Okay. Giancarlo Sopo, um, we, uh, we pray for Cuba and we pray for sanity. It's, it's remarkable to me that these countries are seeing uprisings, China, Cuba, Venezuela. They're seeing these uprisings uh, and we are a society going in the exact opposite direction. We're running towards it. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, whereas... The I, I always encourage everyone go to Miami, speak to Cuban Americans. Our like our community can can talk to anyone about the reality of living under socialism, totalitarian uh, rule. And I I think you know Americans are always amazed um, when they go to Miami and they speak to Cuban expats just about how patriotic we feel about this country and how grateful we are. So. Thank you so much for your support, Glenn, and I really appreciate the listeners tuning in as well. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. We're going to come back uh, for the last few minutes of the program. First, let me tell you about American financing. How's your financial life looking? Do you have a pretty clean slate right now, or are you working to pay off some debts? 
It can be tough, especially when you're trying to clear some of those debts, the ones with high interest payments, credit cards, your mortgage, any loans that you might have. And don't get me started on the credit cards with the enormous interest rates because they are going to go through the through the roof soon. It's time for you to make the call. And you know the call that I'm talking about, the call to American financing. When you do, you're going to be put in touch with an amazing staff of financial consultants. They're going to do a free financial review for you to see what your options are. Maybe it's time to refinance that mortgage at a lower rate. Uh, Lower rates are still to be had. Maybe it's time to roll the debts into consolidation loan. We'll square you off with everything else so you can finally breathe a little. Whatever the option is that's best for you, they'll help you find it. It's American Financing. Call American Financing now at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. Plus one eight two three three four www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight, it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. Party at Glenn's house. It's uh, our uh, blaze. T- blaze. That's what, really, that's what it means. Yeah, I thought you, you wanted see, people to come and you check out. See the my show. parties. That's mm. what my parties are like. I've been to your parties. <laughs> <laughs> my parties aren't horrible. They're usually good after you leave. Like usually, right? yeah, because they're usually in fun places and fun things are available. And you come in and you kind of do your thing, and then you leave, and then they get really fun. Right. That's exactly mm-hmm. what they are. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to do a party. Don't show up for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Invite a bunch of people that you really like mm-hmm. and uh, and that all get along and uh, do something really fun. Mm-hmm. And then come in and just go, hey, it's going to be great. Everybody having a good time? Listen, I just want to you know, say, hey, whatever, and then leave. Mm-hmm. And you, you do the you kind of the slip out thing. We just kind of. What do you mean a slip out? Well, you, you do a little speech or whatever, and then you get halfway through, like you know, whatever's going on, and then all of a sudden, no, where's Glenn? Is he still? Is he still here? Well, the party's fun, so no, he's not. <laughs> and everyone realizes that you've just slithered out the back door somehow. Yeah, I don't slither. It's more of a slink than a slither. Men of our size do not slither. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we was. I can't slink either at this size. It's more of a roll. Yeah. <laughs> Like who's bowling out in the hallway? I didn't mean to. (laughs) I didn't mean to leave the party. It was just the the door was was you know right behind a big slant in the room, and I just rolled out. (laughs) Apparently, I sad. It's very sad. Very sad. But you have the new the big show tonight, which you're going to be talking about the the origins of COVID right after. By I should mention a brand new Stu Does America on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com/slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. So All right. Ten, ten then bucks. after you listen to that bull crap, um, then <laughs> what you do is you uh, listen to the uh, Glenn Beck uh, Wednesday night special, which is all about COVID. Mm-hmm. A couple of chalkboards are being pulled out. This is a great, great episode. Yeah, I wish, tonight. Wish and, someone said that already. That would have been that would have been helpful if someone had you. mentioned that your special on COVID and the origins was tonight. I thought you were blabbing about your thing, you know, whatever it is. I, mean, I was also blabbing Doing. about my thing, but I tuned out after that. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know the woman who started the uh, 1619 Project? Mm-hmm. Hannah Nicole Jones or whatever. Um, she is. Uh, she, she did an interview uh, where she was talking about Cuba. And I think you're going to really relate to her. Now, remember, 
1619 project. She's been the one who is really pushing all of this garbage into our schools. Here's what she said about Cuba. Listen, candidates right now or even just places that you think have a viable and sufficiently um, ambitious integration agenda. And if so, what what is it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that laughs at a lot right there. Yeah. I mean, one, let me just, um, I, I'm definitely not an expert on uh, race relations internationally. Um, and it's also hard to look at countries that didn't have, you know, a large institutions of slavery and compare them to the United States. The answer is probably going to be surprising uh, that I'm going to give, which is if you want to see the most equal uh, multiracial, uh, it's not a democracy, (laughs) most equal multiracial country in our hemisphere, it would be Cuba. Mm. Cuba has the least inequality between black and white people of uh, any place Mm. really in the hemisphere that, I mean, the Caribbean most of the Caribbean, it's it's hard to count because the white population in a lot of those countries is very, very small. They're countries run by black folks. But in places that are truly um, at least biracial countries, Cuba actually has the least inequality. Oh, that's great. And that's largely due to socialism, which I'm sure no one mm. wants to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what is that? What <laughs> okay, is that stop. actually? So, uh, she, she goes on to say that it is the revolution really happened because of what they did with education. You know, they came in and they they started teaching the kids about revolution and the the communist principles. Uh, And uh, gosh, it's uh, good to see that uh, she understands exactly what she's doing here in America, sowing the seeds of revolution. She said, without getting to the children, you cannot have a revolution. Um, So congratulations, uh, Cuba. You have somebody speaking out for you. Well, not for you, but for the leadership. And by the way, um, I've been to a lot of Caribbean countries and some of them are nice, but I sure wouldn't want to live there. Uh, You know, they're good for about a week or so. And then you're like, "Ah, I got to, you know, get back to a place that has working roads and systems and 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 not like massive poverty, right? Like three blocks away from where you are. I saw the Michael Moore documentary Mm -hmm. about Cuba. And did you know there's a doctor on every corner? Every corner. Think about how inefficient of a healthcare system that is (laughs) to promote just a doctor on every corner of every street. But that's what they do. They have so many doctors Mm -hmm. and so much medication. They'll give it away to anybody. Mm. And did you know doctors and nurses, they just walk up to places and do house calls like all day long wow at least that according to the footage that they got in cuba yeah Mm -hmm. uh something doesn't seem right about that uh Mm. that lie about uh the socialist (laughs) countries like cuba um and and, you know there's a reason why everybody's you know equal um you know for the most part as she said for the most part yeah everybody's life sucks Mm -hmm. everybody is poor except for the very, very, very few at the top. And you can't really even count those guys because it's not a big number. It's only just a few people at the very, very top. Uh, You know, but everybody else is equal. Yeah, I don't want that kind of equality. Thank you. I don't want that kind of equality. People who live here at the poorest portions live better than many in Cuba. This is the Glenn Beck Program.